was tiring to do placements without getting paid but then at the end of it you are gaining a lot of experience and that is how you learn as a nurse. Welcome to my podcast Keep It Spicy. My name is Shuba and I will be your host for today's episode. Interested in hearing about love, life, travel, and career? I will be exploring all those topics and more. If you want to tag along for something fun, entertaining, exciting, and of course, spicy, hit that follow button so you can stay up to date with more episodes. Now, let's get into it. This is Keep It Spicy. Today's guest is Amanda Chan. Amanda and I met back in 2019 through mutual friends at a social event on Canada Day. Amanda obtained her registered nurse license back in June 2020 and has since worked on an oncology and medicine unit in public health and is currently studying to obtain a master's degree in nursing. Thank you so much for joining me today, Amanda. I'm so excited to chat with you on today's episode of Keep It Spicy. Thank you for having me, Shiva. My pleasure. And congratulations on your engagement. I know you got engaged last summer. In March, like right when quarantine. Oh, it's in March? Yeah. Oh, I don't know yeah. why I thought it was in like summer, like June or July. Or maybe that's just when I yeah. saw it on Instagram. We never said anything. We never <laughs> said anything until later. That's why. <laughs> Kids. <laughs> well, congratulations on that. Oh my gosh, it's going to be a year soon since you've been engaged. Yeah, it, yeah, time flies. Wow, I love that. Um, So I'm going to ask or like start off by asking you something that I ask all my guests. And that is just like, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, uh, you know, what have you been up to? What's the spice to your life, basically? (laughs) Okay. um, Well, my name is Amanda. Um, I'm a nurse. I'm registered nurse. I recently graduated in June. And then shortly after, I went back to school, and now I'm doing my master's, and I'm working full-time as a registered nurse as well. That's awesome. And is there something about yourself that people might be surprised to learn? And this is something that we could have not been able to search up about you on the internet or on LinkedIn. I don't think so. I think I'm pretty, like, average and boring, to be very honest with you. But I don't know. I don't think there's anything, like, really interesting about me. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I can think of something super interesting. What is it? Can I say it? It's like when we went to Cabana. So for context, Cabana is a pool club type thingy. Oh my gosh, girl, you finessed so many beers and drinks. Like, I don't even know how you, like, where do you learn these skills? I think that's pretty interesting. I'm going to volunteer that as your interesting thing. Oh my gosh, you're actually exposing me now. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want me to cut that out? I can cut that out. That's fine. No, that's fine. No, no. I think that's pretty interesting. Like, I remember we were at at Cabana and my friends and I could barely, like, get drinks. And out of nowhere, you just pop up with, like, four beers and you're, like, distributing them. I think that's a pretty cool skill. Right. I should get a part-time job there when everything (laughs) is safe. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But anyways, you just mentioned that you're a nurse. You're also pursuing your master's. Um, You've dabbled a bit in healthcare, And you also told me that you were contact tracing for a bit during uh, the first, like, lockdown or, like, when our first wave of COVID happened last year. Um, You were also a bedside nurse for an an oncology medicine unit. So can I ask what inspired you to get into nursing to begin with? So actually with the contact tracing, I didn't really work much during the first 
um, like first wave of COVID, um, I was working at a clinic, but not like I wasn't working like frontline as a nurse. Um, but what inspired me to get into nursing, I think like I went into it right out of high school. And I think as with many people that are 17, 18, you really don't know what you're doing for most part of it. So I just chose that career because I felt like it was stable. Um, there were a lot of jobs available and it was like, I wasn't planning to go back to school right after, um, my university degree. So I felt like nursing was one of those careers where I could just finish my degree and just get a job right away. Yeah. So that's why I chose nursing. Okay. And first of all, that's awesome. And second of all, like, I feel like being a nurse is super underrated because we also appreciate you future essential worker. I feel like a lot of people, when they think about like medicine or healthcare, they usually think doctor. So I feel like, I mean, obviously that's changed a little bit now um, because, you know, the high demand of healthcare workers and also with like the changing times, new roles are popping up. But what is something about nursing or working slash studying in nursing that you would like to debunk or like a misconception about it, perhaps? I would say that nurses are only um, bedside, like can be found in bedside in hospitals. Uh, there are nurses everywhere in different, um, like various jobs. So like there's like researchers that are nurses, um, case managers that are nurses as well. And there's like uh, teachers, professors that can be nurses as well. Um, so yeah, so nurses are not only found at the hospital and at bedside. Okay. And on the same note, could you break it down a bit further for our listeners? So on a scale of one to 10, not to say that nobody's important, but how could you rate the importance of your job as a nurse compared to a doctor? Um, I think we all have our own roles in healthcare. Like we all work as a team. Um, and without one or the other, we wouldn't be functioning the way we are. We wouldn't be delivering the care, the quality of care that we are delivering in our healthcare system. So I think everyone is really important. Um, like, Nurses have their own set of um, like skills and assessment skills, and we have our own nursing knowledge as well. And like with as with everyone, like everyone plays an important part and we fill out the puzzle pieces and we create a bigger picture. I feel like everyone's really important. So I wouldn't say one person's more important than the other in healthcare. Very well said. Could you tell me and our listeners a little bit about the, I know you said that you did it very briefly, but could you tell me about the contact tracing uh, unit or like the what you did basically when uh, the COVID outbreak first happened? Like, could you walk me through the process of what your job or what your role entailed? Yeah. So when the first, when uh, back in March during the first wave, I wasn't working bedside. And then I finished my I finished school and I got my license in June. So in August was when I first worked my first um, job on an oncology unit. I was working bedside. Um, there weren't I think there was like probably one COVID patient on the unit during the whole time I was there. Um, so it wasn't when like uh, there was a high number of COVID cases. And then later on, I transitioned into um, a case management job for uh, contact tracing for public health. So it's like a case management uh, case management job where people who've tested positive in the region I work in, uh, we would give them a call, assess their symptoms, let them know how long to isolate for and track like uh, if they saw any close if they had any close contacts or went to work during the time where they could have uh, transmitted the virus. 
congratulations, by the way, for starting in, in June. Yeah, uh, June 2020. So that's when I got Wow. So congratulations yeah. for that. Um, how long does it take to become like a registered nurse? Or like, what are the classes that you ought to take to become a nurse? Like, could you walk me through the whole studying, certifying type of process? I can. So in high school, I think you need to take your bio, chem, and math, whatever is required. And then in university, since I did it um, right, like right out of high school, I did my undergraduate in Bachelor's of Science of Nursing. So that was a four-year program. And during the four years, you have like your six courses per year, and uh, you would also do placements in between. So you get placed in various settings. So I had placements at long-term care homes. Um, I even had one at a school for a year and acute settings, rehab settings. Um, yeah, so there's like various placements that you can get. Um, I know some other individuals uh, would do their full bachelor's of science and then would apply into nursing. And then I think that's like two years, depending on which program you get into. But I went um, like the way that I took was like right out of high school. So it was just the four years right after. And then I got my bachelor's of science in nursing. Okay. And you mentioned to me from like our earlier uh, conversation that it's a little unconventional for nurses to jump back into school right after completing their undergrad, like you're back into your master's. So why is this unconventional? And then also, why did you end up taking the route of going back to school after completing your bachelor's? Yeah, so I think most nurses would wait a couple years where they would get some bedside experience or um, wherever they're working, they would get some experience prior to going back into school. I would say most of my colleagues have at least like minimum like two to three years of nursing experience of uh, bedside nursing experience before they went back to school. Um, the reason why I went back so quickly was um, initially prior to me graduating, um, I was supposed to move to the States and I was supposed to be a nurse there. Um, but due to COVID and everything, it was really hard uh, for me to move to the States. So I ended up staying in Canada. And then um, it was in between the time where I was waiting to write my license and I've just graduated. I felt like I wasn't doing much. So like, um, I don't know, I just had like a sudden thought that, oh, maybe I should just apply and do my master's because my um, initial plan was to wait to come back to Canada in two or three years and then do my master's. But then since I was in Canada and I wasn't really doing anything at the time, I was like, I'll just apply and see. And it was a late application too. So I didn't think I was going to get in either. Um, but yeah, I ended up getting in. So then I'm doing it full time now, full time, um, a full time master's program for nursing. I think like public health is a really interesting like um, field to look into. So that's why I decided to go into it. But yeah, I want to explore it a bit more. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations on getting in, even though you applied late and all of that. Like, So if I'm not mistaken, it sounds like you were supposed to go and get the work experience in the States, and then you were still going to come back and anyways do your master's in Canada. But just because of the pandemic, you kind of fast-tracked that process? Yes, yeah, so I was supposed to go to the States, get experience, then come back and do my master's. But um, due to me staying in Canada, I was like, I was thinking, like, might as well get it done now. Who knows what's going to happen if I'm going to move in the future or not. So um, I just thought to do it and apply now. And I was waitlisted because I applied so late, but then I ended up getting in. So luckily that worked out pretty well for me. Oh, I love that. Oh, my gosh. And like, 
also is if you go to the states and you get work experience there is that going to be applicable to like when you come back in canada because i know that like for example for like a lot of immigrants that have work experience outside canada when they come to canada and look for jobs it's not exactly like apples to apples if you know what i'm saying it's like no you need canadian experience so like did you ever did that ever cross your mind or like is that even a problem i think um like the states would have been fine because technically we're under the same licensing exam, which is the NCLEX. So um, regardless, it would have been the same exam that I'm writing to get my license. So I think the experience is transferable and my license would have been transferable too. I just have to write an exam to practice in the province of Ontario. But aside from that, I still would have had my nursing license. Okay, well, that's awesome though that you got in. And like, I understand the feeling of like, especially during the pandemic where you're just sitting at home not really doing anything you're like I feel like I should be doing something like I I like get that I feel like that's been a like a a reason for pivot for a lot of people um so I can personally relate to that um how demanding is nursing in your master's is it harder like do you have a heavier workload like what's what's the difference I think um like I can only speak for myself but personally I feel like master's um it was a little bit easier for me to handle so far. I only finished my first semester. So, so far it's been a little bit easier for me to handle um, because it's only two courses compared to undergrad. I had six courses plus placement. Um, but also I, I feel like I've learned to manage my time a bit better over the years. And uh, during my undergrad, I was doing the six courses. I was um, doing my placements. And on top of that, I was working like one or two jobs too. So I think that was a little bit of an overkill, but now I've learned. Dang, to- get it, girl. <laughs> it's not good. Like, I don't think it's good to do that to yourself, but because um, it compromises the quality of work you produce too, um, at first school, especially. So I think um, now that I've been managing it a bit better, it's been a little bit easier for me, uh, for my master's. Um, it's a lot of papers, like um, a lot lengthier papers but um no tests so and I'm not too good with tests either so it kind of works out in my favor since like you know you, you wouldn't recommend what you did in your undergrad like studying and like basically biting off more than you can chew so how did you in that case deal with the stress of nursing and like schooling basically I would say my friends would like they were like a really great support system especially like my friends in nursing like we would study together we would like discuss the content together and that that helped a lot and like to help each other stay on track with things and also like using your agendas to like um jot down when everything is due and trying trying to stay organized and on top of everything was very important but it's definitely harder when you're younger I feel like you're all over the place what would you say are the biggest like job motivators like is it the patient care aspect of nursing or like certain responsibilities of being a nurse like what where's the motivation in particular I like that I'm contributing to society in some sort of way like um I I yeah I think that's like a good motive like I'm contributing to society my job allows me to serve the public in some way and on top of that I'm able to make a living out of it so I think that's fulfilling in like both ways and what are like some types of technology that you um, are trained on or like certain equipment and tech that usually you would encounter when you're training or studying to be a nurse that you think anybody else who's thinking about becoming a nurse or who's kind of on the same path as you should learn? I would say if you're afraid of bodily fluids, like any bodily fluids, um, like 
maybe you should reconsider going into bedside nursing um, personally. But uh, like nursing is definitely a skill and there's like so many great nurses out there who have like many years of experience and they're so skilled with what they do. Like, um, like I think a lot of it takes practice too, like um, inserting an IV, for example, like um, definitely nurses with experience, they do it without even blinking an eye. Um, so yeah, definitely a lot of skills. Um, Technology-wise, I feel like um, technology is always improving. So there's new equipment um, here and there that you need to learn to do to use. And yeah, like aside from that, like there's like many skills and different. Like if you're in different areas of nursing, you learn different things as well too. But there's like s- certainly some skills that are transferable between different units, like the basic nursing skills that um, for nurses to have that are transferable. And I'm assuming that since you're studying uh, to be a nurse, like you have a lot of friends and family who ask you, who like message you or like call you and they're like, hey, diagnose me. I got a cough or whatever. Like, does that happen? Yeah, for sure. And there's some like weird ones that you're like, just just go consult your doctor, please. Like, yeah, there's definitely interesting ones. And yeah, like, well, you can only provide so much information. Um, At the end of the day, they should follow up with their family physician as well. So, yeah truest words because I remember like um Ampara like our friend like I remember she was telling me this like oh I have a lot of friends who are in healthcare so like I usually just dm them whenever something pops up um but I think that working in healthcare obviously is like as you said it's like you're doing something for society but I feel like also working in healthcare is like there are a lot of sad elements to it or a lot of sad connotations to it because like you know being in the hospital is not exactly like a good thing right to go to the hospital that means you're sick enough that you need to be in this like designated building with somebody taking care of you you know so what are some words of hope that you have to say to anybody who is trying to break into the same field as you but there's that like emotional weight of being in a place where people could die or you know just people who are you're around a lot of ill people. So like, what are some words of hope that you have to say to anybody who's like, thinking about doing the same thing as you, but because of this like, heavy emotional weight that comes with it, of being in a sad place? How, like, what would you have to say to that? That's actually a great question. Because um, I was, uh, I was a teaching assistant for first year students. And this was like a topic we went through actually, um, like therapeutical communication. And working at on an like I worked on an oncology unit and working there, you like sometimes you see patients who have so much life in them, but their body is not there to support it. And it's really sad. Like, um, I think you can only only think that like um, you're there to help them at that moment and you're trying your best to like make it better for them in any sort of way. Um, I think that's the most important thought you need to keep in your head. Like you're trying your best, um, the best that you can do. And for students, I would tell them like um, silence is often a very powerful tool you have, like just letting the uh, patient be in the moment. And like both of you just appreciating the moment you have together um, is very, it's very important. And just always listening, active listening to your clients. Um, sometimes they just need a person to, that is, sometimes they just need a person to listen to them, honestly. And um, they will very, they will appreciate the care and help you provide for them. And have you ever at any point felt like 
quitting or like you just felt like oh my gosh this is too much for me because of like what we're talking about because of the emotional baggage that comes with it not quitting but there were definitely moments where I didn't know what to say or how to respond to things um like for example I was like working on an oncology unit sometimes patients will be like um tell me am I dying am I going to die and that's like something you don't know how to respond to it um so you really want to explore their feelings and what their perception is um but yeah, so I think it comes with practice. Like the more the more you work, the more you see and more you experience, you know how to handle these situations. So it's yes, it's definitely something that comes with experience. I don't think anyone um, right out right off of the bat would have been prepared to answer or to deal with these types of situations. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like I can't even imagine that. Like somebody just asking you straight and then depending on you because they know that you're the, like the expert in this scenario. So coming to you and being like, am I going to die? Like that's a lot of pressure. Um, my final question before we move into the lightning round, you mentioned that you have to have a lot of like work experience or it's preferred to have a lot of work experience or bedside experience to, you know, become a nurse. Obviously you need the experience, but then like even to go into your master's, it's preferred that you work a little bit. So with respect to the volunteer work that you've done in the past or like what you're currently doing, I saw this quote um, which says, if you eventually want to get paid, you have to do shit for free. What are your thoughts on that? Like, are you, I know that like working in healthcare because like from friends and family, like the best way to get experience is to do like volunteer work. But it's also because like, again, there's such a high demand for it. But I just wanted to know your thoughts. Yeah, so it's a good question. So I would say um, experience is definitely useful in your master's. Um, Depending on the program, it's not like a requirement to enter your master's program, but it's definitely useful in how you handle situations in management per se or how you write your papers. Definitely useful. Volunteering. I never really like formally volunteered at a hospital. The only like voluntary work I would consider was during my placements because for nurses, um, because it's part of your curriculum, you don't get paid for your um, your time spent at placements um, but I would always like I always encourage the students um, in like younger grades or like the ones I was um, teaching assistant what that was a teaching assistant for I recommended them to always put yourself out there volunteer to do things even though you're afraid um, because with volunteering and putting yourself out there, stepping out of your comfort zone is how you learn and how you gain those experiences. Um, if you just stand there in the corner and like don't put yourself out there, you're never going to learn and obtain those skills. And as I said before, uh, you have to practice to get the skills and to act, like to become an expert, to do what and like to provide the best care you can. But yeah, definitely it was tiring to do placements without getting paid. But then at the end of it, you are gaining a lot of experience. And that is how you learn as a nurse by volunteering your time and doing your clinical placements for sure. Oh, I love that. I love that's also the advice that you give to kids. Like, that's so cute. Very wholesome. Thank you. (laughs) All right. So now we're going to shift gears on the questions and we're going to jump into the lightning round. Are you ready? Yes, let's do it. It's time for the lightning round. Morning shift or night shift? Morning all the way. (laughs) So the zombie apocalypse is coming. Who are three people you want on your team? 
they better have like huge muscles because <laughs> need some help. <laughs> I don't know. I need to. I, I would need to look into that one. Any three off the top of your head. All right, let's do you and Parl and me. Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm so flattered. <laughs> if a movie was made of your life, what genre would it be? Comedy, because my life is a joke. Oh my gosh, girl, stop. <laughs> what is your favorite breakfast food? Like, I usually just make whatever that's quick, like oatmeal or something. Okay, we'll go with oatmeal then. Are you a traveler or a homebody? Traveler. Are you a cat person or a dog person? Dog. I have a dog. I have a shih tzu. Oh, I love shih tzu, but they're so naughty. Mine is chill. All he does is just look for food. Oh, what a cutie. <laughs> What's his name? Lucky. Oh, that's so adorable. I love Shih Tzu. Popcorn or M&M's? Popcorn. Best advice you've ever received? Hmm, that's a good one. I don't know. You don't know it till you till you try. You don't know till you try. And worst advice you've ever received? Just do it. <laughs> wing it. That's actually my uh, advice. I always tell people to wing it. Not good. Don't do that. <laughs> Why do you think it's the worst advice? Because you're not prepared and you end up doing stupid things. <laughs> if you could see one movie again for the first time, which movie would you see? White Chicks. It's so funny. Oh, that's a good one. Final question. If you could describe yourself as a flavor, what would it be? Vanilla. Plain and boring. <laughs> Girl, you are not plain and boring. You do all these cool things and saving lives out here. To wrap up with the episode, we want to send you all off with a, with a quote. And Amanda, since you're a special guest, I would love for you to do the honors. It is not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent, but the one most responsive to change. From Charles Darwin. Indeed. And if our listeners are interested in learning even more about you to follow your journey, um, or if they wanted to reach out to you, how could they do that? Um, they can follow me at It's Me, Amanda Chan. Thank you very much for joining me, Amanda, and take this as a sign. Um, if you're looking to get into nursing or if you're graduating from high school or from your undergrad and you're looking for a sign, take this as a sign to go ahead and do it. And again, keep Amanda's advice in, a, in mind. If you're afraid of bodily fluids, maybe reach out and ask her a few more details. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, girl. Of course. Thanks so much, Amanda. That brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you folks enjoyed that. Join me next Sunday for another episode on Keep It Spicy. If you want to stay in the loop, follow me on Instagram at underscore Keep It Spicy and on Twitter at Keep It Spicy Pod for more related content and some pick me ups in the middle of your week. Like, comment, and share the content and podcast with friends and family. On that note, remember folks, keep it spicy, yours truly, XX.